You're listening to Drawn to a Deeper Story. I'm Kath Brew from drawntoastory.com. I'm an artist who illustrates and educates about marginalised experiences of positive change with a particular interest in identity, belonging and expat life. And this podcast is about the lives that challenge us and the, the difficult conversations around them. And it's a place to listen openly, really, and to absorb people's truths and to learn how to show up differently for the benefit of everyone. And that's you included, the, you as that listener. And today I'm talking to Regina Petra-Meyer. Now, Regina was born and raised in Switzerland and worked as a travel agent for several years. But she's an adventurer at heart and she took up the globe-trotting lifestyle in her early 20s and has lived in the Caribbean, USA, in New Zealand, and is currently calling Cairns in Australia her home. Now, I love this because Cairns is one of my favourite places in Australia, so I'm very jealous yeah. that she's there. And her memoir, Change of Course, is her first book. And this is what a lot of what we'll be talking about today. And I wanted to talk to Regina because she's someone who chose to follow her desire for adventure. And so many people don't do that and they regret it. And when we follow our dreams, it often challenges people, including ourselves. It can be seen as being frivolous or you should be just getting a proper job and doing this and doing that. And people have a lot of value judgments about it. But what we often don't expect is when we follow our dreams, how much it can challenge ourselves. So in true adventure style, let's dive right in and welcome Regina. And thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Kath. You know, it's an absolute honour to be here with you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, so am I. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> so essentially, do you want to give me a, just so listeners understand what the context of what we're going to be talking about, do you want to give me a brief kind of summary of what you think your book is about? Well, my book is about a time in my life when I felt really stuck and I, you know, I was in a relatively stable relationship, but it had just been floundering for a while and I was really yearning for adventure. And so I guess it is really the end of one chapter and the beginning of a new one, except at the time I wasn't aware of it. You know, I booked a holiday and that's what I ended up going on, except this holiday ended up changing my life and the course of my life. Yeah, that's very evident when you read the book, people. <laughs> if you get out there, if you manage to read it, then yes, that, that's very evident. So you say that you booked a holiday. What do you think now in reflection? What we what do you think you were seeking by leaving? Well, I, I guess looking back now, I would say I knew. And also, I guess my partner at the time, Sven, who plays, you know, quite an important role in the book, I think deep down, we both knew it was time to go separate ways, but neither of us had the courage, nor really the reason to break up. Yeah, it's easy just to keep going and going. and That's it. That's mm. it. And I really think the decision we both made that I was to go on a holiday so we could both gain a bit of clarity was in the end, the only way we could you know, sort of separate. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't as neat as it sounds now. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a book in it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know? but, but of course, that, that looking back, I can see it quite clearly. That's what mm. we needed to do. And, and often you can't 
you can't realize that at the time like you said you're you're so used to it being okay but not amazing and mm. just trying to work out what's going on is it you is it the relationship is it mm. whatever it, it's so it's, it's quite brave to choose a holiday even though it was a holiday and not you changing your life I always think there must be a subconscious thing in that that you you choose to do something like that that gives you that that space so yeah yeah, yeah. you also in your book I was also interested in um you talk about the relationship with your parents and how mm. your your parents uh had split and then you lived with your mother and you had a I would say problem relationship but a, but a difficult relationship something that you had to manage mm. in that way do you think part of that was about needing to leave everything behind you as well like in in you going on this holiday how much of your childhood related to you needing to do stuff for you and and live your life as you wanted I think needing space had more to do with actually moving to Australia so mm-hmm. you know definitely um, I always again when I look back I think immigrating to Australia for me was 50% curiosity that drove mm-hmm. me forward and 50% the need to gain distance between my life in Switzerland yeah and when I went on the holiday I think subconsciously again you know that separation from Sven actually then meant I had to deal with what what was causing the friction with my parents and if I would have stayed uh, with Sven I could have had a very harmonious you know and and relatively happy and fulfilled life but I would have never been faced with what I really needed to be faced and wanted to be faced quite honestly yeah I really respect that because a lot of people don't like to face their shit basically like mm. we we push mm. it away we go out and get drunk we buy things we do anything mm. to not address that issue that we're dealing with and mm. I think you doing what you did whether it's conscious or not conscious it is a brave thing because a lot of people don't don't get there and so my next question is do you think that the people you met were challenged by you as a single woman in their eyes I mean you were still attached to Sven at that time but but a kind of a single woman in their eyes traveling alone doing your own thing because you met some really interesting characters along the way Mm. (laughs) (laughs) well I think you know there's always the people that will support you and there's the people that won't and Mm. I think I met both along the way and I I think if you're a single woman especially in a male-dominated industry such Mm. as the sailing industry you know I mean Anyone who spent time on boats knows that the characters there are really colorful and and diverse. And there's a lot of strong characters, let's put it that way. Yeah. Including myself. You know, I include (laughs) myself there. (laughs) And I think, yes, I've had some friction, of Mm. course, you know, and I've had people that didn't maybe want me to progress as well or as much as I did but there was also people that really supported me so Mm. I to me I think often that comes down to perspective you Mm. know how do you look at life and do you get really down if someone isn't as supportive as you would like or do you just get on with it and Mm. I I think in that way I'm lucky I'm kind of an mm. optimist and I just mm. I shrug it off and I think you know what okay yeah, I'll yeah. just keep yeah which is probably why you ended up being successful in in your adventure in that way because it, mm. it that perception is is a huge impact on how we how we view our life is then how it unfolds as well it, mm. it's, yeah and you've already mentioned these the the strong characters on the yachts and I was interested in that 
to me, your book is very much about relationships and it's your relationships to others, but also your relationship to self. And Mm. what felt like it came through to me was the people that you met were almost like pivot points in your life. Like you, you'd meet someone that challenged a particular thing in you, or you then realize something off that person about yourself. And I Mm. do you want to comment on that, that if, if I've completely imagined that or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess so in one aspect let me let me take it back to the sailing so mm-hmm. maybe you'll have to be a little bit spe- more specific about who exactly you're referring to or what situation has resonated with you but for me um, w- what I really remember in that time was that I had to learn to stand up for myself and mm-hmm. I had to make decisions for myself And, you know, for me, what I had to learn was that if I take a decision and if I do something, it doesn't really matter so much Mm. what the outcome is. It's more about can I stay true to myself? So Mm. in an example, you know, when I was on a boat and I had a particularly cantankerous owner and, you know, he was dishing it out to me, I had to learn to stand up for myself Mm. and you know what the first time I did I was so nervous you know I did it but I was shaking inside and I still did it and the feeling of empowerment after Mm. where I felt oh actually I can do this you know I got my own back and actually he didn't get worse and he actually respected me for it and we could have a conversation those were huge learning moments for me yeah and I think that's fascinating that he respected you as well like there's some people that keep pushing people almost to see what you're made of mm. sometimes and you mm. you often don't realize until you push to that limit where you you have to have to do something like that and stand up mm. for yourself I was interested too in your arriving in Antigua and spending time there and that you kind of came and went for a while and then you you started to live there and I, I was very interested in the seeing you through your new eyes of the excitement of arriving somewhere and enjoying it and that wonder and all that wonderful stuff this is kind of a standard question for expats really of we know that wonder and that excitement and then like the reality of life sets in do you think you were naive when you went in or did you think you understood what you were going into because it's a very very different culture Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you know I had a very vague idea when I decided to move to Antigua I had only really spent probably three days in the village before I actually and mm. you know ended up returning and moving there so yeah of course I was in love yeah. you know and that's the greatest motivator of all nothing matters then <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know and I'm really curious so for me you know that willingness to step out and try something new mm. be curious about something if I hadn't had that I wouldn't have done it You know, there's no doubt about it, because it would have been a lot easier for me instead of returning to Antigua to go back to Australia and start my life there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, was I naive? For sure. Mm. For sure. (laughs) You know, it was... I asked that from a position of experience, I'm telling you. I'm not not judging, I know. (laughs) I have no problem. You know, I think, again, I don't view being naive as a bad thing you know I think there's also something really beautiful about not knowing and going in and allowing yourself to be immersed in something that you're completely out of Mm. your depth and to experience it and you know some days were amazing and some days were absolutely heartbreaking (laughs) and frustrating and 
but you know I learned I really learned so much there yeah you've just said something that's wonderful that naivety is not a bad thing because actually we end up in experiences in ways that we wouldn't if we if we rationalized and thought differently about it Mm. you stop yourself from experiencing things by your brain coming in and saying oh no that's there's that risk or there's this or there's that Mm. and that naivety plus being in love which is just sends us all a bit strange at times Right. But you can, I don't know, there's something exciting about that. It's full of potential rather than mm. these are the boundaries that I know mm. I need to work within because I'm trying to be sensible or whatever. Like, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think there's an innocence about it, right? Mm. You know, I really had no idea and it was beautiful to not have an idea to mm. a beautiful it's like having a blank canvas like literally when I returned to Antigua I had to make a new life in every way shape and form and you know you can look at that as hugely stressful or you can go like wow you know I actually now get to create what I want to the best of my ability and I have nothing to lose you know I had a bit of money to lose but that's it that is hugely exciting because so many people don't do that I mean I know it's probably not Mm. exciting to some people but to me it is Mm. we follow a pattern of growing up school university college or whatever if you're doing further education and then work it's get married have 2.4 children do like it's that that Mm. and to to break out of that is really Mm. exciting and and often we're not able to because we end up getting houses and jobs and all these things that we're Mm. tied into financially I think people can learn a lot by reading your book and actually just the the whole concept of just following your Mm. heart and where you want to be and not worrying if it doesn't, if something doesn't work. You want to do it. You you follow. You talk about that alignment, that intuition of doing what you need to do. That's in alignment with mm. you. And you. Just go and do it. So, yeah, it's exciting. So, and this then leads on to the perfect kind of next question: is that <laughs> when you were in uh, a team, you met a man called Jay, who you ended up in a relationship with as a young woman. What was it about Jay that awakened within <laughs> you that you didn't know was there? What hadn't been triggered? in your other life what was it about him that made your life take another whole change of direction and fall in love and all of that kind of stuff (laughs) well I really think when I very first looked into his eyes there was really a moment where I felt deeply connected with him like it was and you know I'm really not one of these people that I never used to believe in love at first sight (laughs) but it was more like, you know, a real deep soul connection almost. Mm, mm. And it was surreal. But of course, aside from that, I think he was everything that Sven was not. Mm. You know, he was exotic. He was gorgeous. He danced amazingly. And he was, when I looked at him, he was incredibly free. Mm. You know, there was just something about him that spoke to me. And I think, yeah, it was about freedom, you know, And that was for me, maybe the biggest thing, because like you say, quite often, we get so caught up in our lives to see someone that hasn't got much, but that is incredibly free. That's so humbling. Yeah. yeah. And it challenges things. You're you're very good at leading on to my next question. (laughs) (laughs) I was interested in reading and kind of looking at your observations and the the cultural differences and then the personal differences. And you discovered that Jay was illiterate and that really challenged you and mm. wanting to help him as as you would because that's what we value but you also then talked about him not really caring that he was and that really challenged mm. you and I think that's fascinating how in different cultures we place different values on different things and mm. can you tell me a bit more about that experience for you 
Well, for me, that that was really challenging to sort of come to terms with, I have to say, because for me, education Mm. was something that I appreciate. I love reading books and I love learning. And it was really hard for me to understand when I tried to help him that actually he didn't need my help and he didn't want my help and to accept that. And, you know, also later on in our relationship, I realized that it was actually me that was constantly searching, constantly kind of on the verge of not unhappiness, but maybe dissatisfaction, Mm. you know, sort of always wondering. And so this was something I really, really loved about Jay, that he was actually at home in himself. Mm. He was happy with where he was at life, the job he had. Mm you know, other circumstances like his age, it didn't matter, nothing mattered. And he was just content with who he was. And that's not who I was. You know, I still struggle with that. (laughs) It's wonderful, isn't it? Because that section really made me smile because you referred to his age and you discovered that he was actually 42, I think you said, and uh, you were in your 30s and it was all a bit confronting. And But I also think we can learn so much from that in that we get so caught up in age and Mm. our ways of being that we think we appreciate another way until it hits us in the face and then we actually have to confront it. And Mm. it's fascinating. You have two wonderful examples in there about how his illiteracy impacted him in terms of the WD-40 and and just the reality of what that means. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, for me, there was also two sides, you know, I can't just say being illiterate is not a problem. Mm. Well, actually, it is a problem. Mm. It is a very real problem. And I'm pretty sure if there was an easier road to learning, I did actually look for adult literacy classes, Mm. there's just nothing available in Antigua, Mm. maybe there is now. But, you know, at the time, there wasn't maybe if there were a group like that, he would have gone. Yeah. But uh, you know, the one problem he had, like, there was no understanding about what certain things were for. And so I caught him one day spraying WD-40 on his knee, Mm. because his knee was in pain. Another day, I I caught him swirling bleach Mm. in his mouth. And I was shocked. Mm. And I mean, the WD-40 was one thing, but swirling bleach in your mouth, that's really not a good thing. You know, he couldn't count money. So people would take advantage of him. And he was aware of that, but he had no way of checking. He had no way of really knowing. And I think the impression I got was that probably there's a little bit of shame in that Mm. as well. And he just got very used at not reacting Mm. and sort of blanketing it over. And it was probably largely okay, but of course, sometimes it would have been hugely disappointing. Mm. Was that just him and his circumstance? Or I don't know about Antigua. Was illiteracy uh, an issue in Antigua at that time? Or I wouldn't be able to really comment on that. I would imagine that it's a problem in Switzerland, actually. I did some research after that. So I think there is just a huge portion of the population that even if they have access to school for, mm. for whatever reason, they might have a difficulty following classes and they get left behind. Yeah. It happens here in the UK as well. Yeah, yeah that's. Right. There's a large portion of people in Switzerland or in England uh, illiterate. I'm pretty sure it's worse in Antigua because Mm. there's less resources. There's Mm. probably less services outside from school. 
with him, I just really didn't quite know where it came from. You know, was it just a lack of education? Did it have another background? And at the end of the day, it didn't really matter again no, because, no. you know, he he was okay yeah. with it. With something like this comes this amazing way of adapting your life to account for the fact that you can't read or whatever mm. these things are. And we see that in neurodivergent people here who are who mask behavior and have to to mm. do things to try and be part of a broader society and I think that yeah, right. that in itself takes huge strength and adaptability mm. to to be able to find your way in in that way yeah yeah that's right yeah, really interesting and I was also interested I guess from a identity point of view and, and a, a cultural point of view in that you had talked about his not knowing how old he was and then you discovered that he had he'd been previously married and all these things that you were kind of discovering about him and I was fascinated by what our unconscious values are that we put on things culturally mm. and and <laughs> and how for him that it was carefree this is just who I am but then mm. you were saying that you started to wonder whether there were secrets and there was more things mm. and the word to me the secret to me is is can be quite a loaded word compared mm. to his approach of the carefree lifestyle and I'm mm. I was just fascinated with that complete polarity of the same living a life but viewing it very very differently and and how in the European Australia American way we think we're being kind of in control of things by knowing mm. it and understanding something but actually we trap ourselves at the same time do you mm. that way because we we have we think ha things have to be like this and then if they're a certain way then that means something else and actually it doesn't like it can just be carefree and be how it is yeah that's right but then there was sort of that niggling doubt well if he hasn't told me mm. that you know what, what else, else yeah. am I missing and I think that just really triggered my anxiety my insecurity mm. you know am I because of, of course then again all those people that put into my head oh you know antique men are you know taking advantage of you and all these ridiculous things that people say to you they came up with inventions and I had to really go, take a lot of deep breaths and sort of go back and say okay you know I'm yeah. dealing with this person and I love him very much and yes some things are not very clear to me but obviously we have a different way of recounting things and valuing things and Am I not now going to really spend a lot of time rehashing the past or am I just going to live in the present? Yeah, yeah, which is, can be really scary, <laughs> living in the present. Mm. Hard. That was hard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what was the hardest thing about that in, in living in the present? Oh, biggest challenge is for, for me, well, I had very little money. You know, money mm. was a constant issue. And when you're in a country by yourself with very little social support if money gets short your survival is threatened yeah. and like you mentioned before you know my relationship with my parents wasn't the best at the time so yes while they would have bailed me out I really didn't want to make that phone call yeah. so for me you know I put pressure on myself to survive mm. I wanted to survive mm. and that was probably the biggest worry for myself mm. I would say mm. and also you were you were struggling to get work visas and people to try to help you and do things mm. and that is hugely stressful when you're on your own and it's so easy to just 
think, oh, I can't do this anymore and choose to go. But when you're in love with someone, it's a bit harder. Well, it was also financially, I wouldn't have been able to leave because by the time I committed to Antigua, I really didn't have enough money to buy a plane ticket. And, you know, whether it would have been Switzerland or Australia, I would have needed some money to Either way, you know, yeah. establish m- myself. So at the end of the day, it wasn't an option. Mm, mm. But also, do you think that's, like you say, it's not an option, but at the same time, that it's a certainty that puts a boundary in that it makes you do things in ways that you wouldn't mm. normally, you develop a, a strength and a, a survival mm. instinct that's really interesting to observe. Because I could see that mm. in the book, watching you get stronger and stronger and mm. honing in on who you knew you were when you were, I mean, this this was the whole part of the adventure was exploring who mm. you were and trying to find yourself, essentially. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, at the end, I think also that the whole time for me was really learning to trust myself, mm. you know, that that no matter what, you know, money can be short, you know, mm employment can go to shit you know whatever happens at the end of the day I have my own back Mm. and that is such an amazing thing to learn Mm. I I know like you could drop me anywhere and I know I can survive I'll find a way you know and that's a good thing to know yeah yeah it is because we we have all the people that we love in our life but actually we have to live with ourselves and we have to be in mm. alignment with ourselves and we have to be able to to exist in that way mm. if um anyone else is, is listening and is thinking about their adventure what would you say to them about wanting to go on one look i think any adventure basically starts by taking the first step because I've known when I've had a dream and I look at it and it just looks like this massive, big, insurmountable mountain, then often we don't even try because it just seems too big. So for me, you know, it was taking that first sailing course and really actually learning about sailing, seeing if I even like it. When I started writing the book, that was also an adventure. So it's the same thing. Mm. You know, I just started writing. And then, you know, don't even think about publishing. So whatever your dream is, I would say, look at really small and achievable steps and start there. And for me, what happened once I started with those first steps, I sort of got got invested in it. And the more invested I got in it, the more passionate I got about it. And so, you know, it sort of took on its own life Mm. and in the end it didn't actually take that much then to make it come to life Mm. and I think that's a a a poignant thing that so often we have our we have an idea and we think oh we could do that and then our brain kicks in and starts to tell us all the reasons why something shouldn't happen and it's just in that five seconds let's make a decision Mm. and and do something and it it it, to me it likens it to the the benefits of naivety as well it it feels like it's the purest form of us that that kind of five Mm. seconds where we think wow let's go let's do this and then our head kicks in and um starts to yeah that's right tell us what we shouldn't do yeah and we call it reason but really Mm. it's not reason you know it's just holding back yeah it's protection it it, and then it ends up Mm. trapping people if they yeah it can well it can trap people yeah and Mm. I think that's one of the lessons of the book is just to follow your heart because every time you were starting to talk about finding a new boat or like going on a different with a different crew I my whole body was like oh god what are these people going to be like how's this going to work because there were some really (laughs) strong characters and I was thinking Mm. it that these challenges 
they're challenges, but they're really good things as well because they've, they've pushed, mm. pushed you in ways that you might not have been before. Mm. Oh, look, it, it was amazing. It was really amazing. And things happened for me within a day when I really needed them. And I, so for me, looking back, I sort of thought, yeah, I really put myself out there. And, you know, maybe some things were a little bit foolish, <laughs> but for some magic reason, it worked out. Mm, yeah. And that's life, though, isn't it? Life doesn't, isn't always perfect. Things, things happen and things mm. don't happen. So you're now living in Cairns and I, I was going to say an Antigua's behind you, but is it really behind you? What are your plans for the future? Is Antigua behind me? No, no, no way. <laughs> like, you say that like there's no way you could even bear that thought. <laughs> no, for me, I it's actually really funny because I still have contact with Antigua and not so much with Jay, mm-hmm. but he has actually received the book two days ago. All right. Wonderful. And I have a picture and I'm so, so excited for him to have the book and hopefully he'll find someone that will read it to him. him. That would be awesome. And he gives me all the support. Um, He's allowed me to share some of the pictures. So some of them can be found on the website now. You know, I would love to go back because it's like for all the ups and downs, I really, really love Antigua and its people. It's been so incredible to me. You know, I, mm. I just love to go there. Yeah, yeah. I need to get there. I haven't been there yet. Yeah, <laughs> a fun place. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds, sounds wonderful. Before we finish, is there any wonderful wisdom or gold nugget that you'd like to share with listeners about your book, about life, about Antigua, any sailing? Uh, look, I don't think I have a gold nugget, but really what I would like to do with the book, like we've spoken about before, is to really encourage people to find the courage to follow their dreams and follow their heart. And, you know, I often think we define success so often with a career or looks or, you know, whatever other status you can find out there. And at the end of the day, you know, if you can open your heart and if you can follow what makes your heart sing, to Mm. me, that's the most rewarding that I've done in my life. And I would not trade those memories for anything. So if, you know, if you have a dream, if you want it, go for it, you know, it'll be the best thing you do. Yeah. And if plans change, they change. And that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. It's, uh, yeah. The the first challenge is choosing to do the adventure. Then the next one's realizing it doesn't quite go to plan sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, for me, that's the other thing I really learned during that time is that I had so many plans and nothing turned out the way I thought, but it turned Mm. out so much better. And I think when something changes, don't get upset. Just look at what options Mm. you have, choose the best option for you at the moment and go for it. Yeah, I love that approach. The carefree of just try it. So what? Mm. Try it. That's that's the most important thing. Yeah. And in the worst yeah. case, you can always pull out that credit card and fly home. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nothing very lost. True. No, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, really, before we go, how can people find you? Where can people find your book? 
uh, tell us all the ways to get in touch with you. All right. So I do have a website. So that's mm -hmm. reginapetromeyer.com. Mm -hmm. On there, you can buy the book directly from me, uh, a signed copy. I send them worldwide. Now, also, like I mentioned, I, I'm so happy that I have some pictures there. So you'll just have to sign up. <laughs> yeah, I'm dying to see what people look like that I've been reading about. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, that's what I'm like when I read a memoir. I'm like, I want to see what they look like. <laughs> I wanted the middle section of pictures <laughs> in the book. No, but... I wasn't going to do that. But anyway, <laughs> so now you can. <laughs> yes, fantastic. All right. Well, I'll put those in the show notes anyway, so people can find those yeah, links. That's right and you know otherwise the book's available on amazon on bookshops you could order yeah. it in your local bookshops yeah, yeah. Wherever fantastic you. people might like to read about an adventure and an inspiring story of following your heart really and just seeing where life takes you so thank you so much regina it's been wonderful yeah it's got me thinking about following dreams and not worrying and just throwing control to the wind really it's yeah it's been oh, really inspiring wouldn't that be great right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I as I said that my whole body was like, <laughs> it's like but that's that's the dream the aim that's, that's it to, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the 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 mind is willing but the body didn't like that one so. <laughs> anyway no thank you it's been really enjoyable and really inspiring to read your story and to have this conversation. So thank you very much. Oh, look, thanks to you. I really appreciate it. And it was it's such a fun conversation. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kat. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.